0: I've been browsed. Tread and water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my
1: surroundings.
2: Welcome to episode 18 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Big shout out again to Matty Big Chess for our intro there. We love that. We're getting a lot of positive reviews on that. So if you guys aren't following him on Twitter, you should be. Great with graphics, all kinds of things for your streamyard as well as your, your Twitter banners and all that kind of good stuff. Before I introduce my esteemed colleagues, I'd like to read a, aloud some of the recent five-star review guys, that you guys have been giving us. I mean... It's been unbelievable how much support you guys have been giving us over the last couple of months. You know, the podcast just keeps growing and growing and it's because of you guys. Uh, so I wanted to make sure we give you guys the shout out that you guys do because you guys went out of your way to leave us a five-star review. So the first one comes from Michael O. Quirk. He writes hugely helped my teams. He put, give these guys a listen. If you care about your fantasy team, like I do, these guys make the difference between winning and losing in your league. So thank you for those kind words. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for, you know. We're trying to do those kind of things. Uh, the next one is from Every Guy's Fantasy Podcast. So, another podcast is writing there. They labeled it legit. Building a dynasty team can be challenging, but if you listen to this pod, you'll always know how to build, draft, and trade to make sure you come out on top every year. Another great one. Uh, this one's from Johnny Hamp. He writes, Smash, subscribe. So, a little play on words. Exactly the pod I've been looking for. Love all the personalities on the show, it's entertaining. And every week they hit on the topics that are pertinent to what's going on in fantasy football. Great advice. And then the last one comes from at atoz, that's A-T-O-Z underscore F-F-B. He put 99 problems, but this pod ain't one. You got to love a little Jay-Z reference in there, you know. Uh, Running a fantasy team can be enjoyable yet challenging. But when you listen to this, it's no longer a challenge. They give the best advice. And tips that you can imagine. Forget all your other fantasy football podcasts. This is the only one to listen to. So that is a great, you know, compliment to what we've been doing here. Appreciate those five star reviews. Keep doing that, guys. I mean, that allows us to to rise up, you know, on the Apple charts and get ourselves a little bit more, you know, recognition and people to to listen to the podcast. So share it with your friends. Uh, a couple of guys that have been messaging me a lot privately and they're they're talking about things. And I said, well, share it with your league mates. Share it with your friends. And they're like. Now we're trying to keep it a secret, you know, that, that, that means we're doing things right, boys. You know, if they are telling, if they're saying, listen, we don't want to share this with our league mates because we want to win. That means we've, we've been doing something and we we're on to it. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce my co-hosts here. First, we're going to listen to FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. How you doing today? And why don't you tell people why DK Metcalf is or is not the wide receiver one?
1: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Good to be back. Uh, Yeah, DK Metcalf, he's a hot topic right now. He's certainly been lighting the league on fire in his year, uh, age 22 season. And, you know, I won't have any arguments with someone who does have DK Metcalf as their top dynasty wide receiver. Personally, for me, I still have Tyreek Hill above him. Um, And, you know, we'll talk more about Metcalf in detail, but Hill and Adams are two guys that I'm targeting to flip medcat for if you are contending right now
2: love it and john you know right now we're going into week 13 that means playoffs are right around the corner
0: playoffs it's all about the playoffs
2: uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs i just hope we can win a game that's the way to do it right there. You know, Jim Mora's oh, epic a little speech there about the playoffs. And if you guys didn't see it, John put that on Twitter, trying to look exactly like him. Um, half of it's cut off, you know, because John and I are a bit in that uh, that boomer class. You guys keep harassing us yeah, a little bit. Last great. week, I had a StreamYard logo over my face the entire episode. And even my dad was like, come on, you need to step mm-hmm. your game up. That's pretty rough. But <laughs> yeah, excited to jump into this week. I mean, we want to help you guys get into the playoffs. It is that week 13, you know, if it isn't a deep league, I'm in a 2014 two copy that starts their playoffs this week, which is rough, you know, cause you're missing Christian yeah. McCaffrey. You're missing all those bucks. It, it's tough sledding, but we're in a situation now where, you know, you want to lock up that first round by because this year more so than ever. I mean, COVID is wild. The NFL is wild. You want to lock up those buys, you know, and that's why you want to listen to this podcast. so we get put you in position there. Um, but if you're in those one or two spots, and you lock up that buy, that is such an advantage this year, more so than than any year in years past. I mean, we're seeing absolutely crazy stuff. If you had you you know, you know went up against Derrick Henry or Antonio Gibson or Tyreek Hill last year or last week, you're done, you know, and that's where we really try to help you guys get into that buy. We want to help you to get to that 101 spot if you're towards the bottom or just squeeze into that last playoff spot. Uh, guys, how are your teams looking so far? I mean, are you guys right there in that playoff fringe or most of your teams right there?
0: Yeah, definitely feeling pretty good in the running for you know most of my teams. I'm gonna have to scratch it out in a couple of week thirteen matchups to get into the playoffs, and then of course I got a couple of like first year punts rebuilds that I wasn't planning on. In fact, I'm like trying not to um, score points in some ways. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I what I like to do and what I'd recommend everyone does is, is sit down and plan out all of your matchups, whether it's thirteen to sixteen most of my leagues are all 14, 15, 16, and, and, and figure out who you're going to be playing and what gaps you might still have. Like you might have a guy that, that looks really good matchups in 14 and 16, but terrible on the 15. So what are you going to do there? Do you need to make any more moves? Are you are you going to use the rest of your fab to go shore that up for, for that week? Or are you even making a few trades? And you know, I, I definitely encourage it if you need one more piece, right? But the first thing is like, take the time to really like plan it out and then go from there.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, and I know a lot of leagues, they have trade deadlines. Some of them don't, uh, but you got to look at things like, is this the time where you have, you know, you got to worry is, is, DJ Moore going to be back? You know, if you have him this week, I'm, I have him in a situation where I'm trying to take DJ more and flip him for a guy that I might have in the same tier, but a little bit lower that someone else might value more where I can trade DJ more for a guy I can play this week. And it's not going to hurt me right. too much in the future. I feel like it's a really tricky situation when you really leverage your future at this point in the year. But yes. it is about winning those championships. Mung, um, I know, you know, we we had some debate in the past here about trade deadlines and things like that. Um, how many leagues are you in and are you guys, you know, close to the playoffs or is this a make or break kind of week in most of them?
1: Yeah, I feel like this year more than any other. Uh a ton of my leagues, there's teams that are 5 and 7, 7 and 5, 6 and 6 and week 13 is crucial across most of my leagues. Um I'm lucky enough where I'll make the playoffs in most of them. Uh, I've got a couple rebuilds and then one or two redraft leagues where injuries just struck too heavily and I'll be out of those, but uh Yeah, it's, it's a crucial week and, you know, looking ahead, I know a lot of, a lot of leagues have eliminated those kicker and defense spots, Uh, but if you're in a league, whether it's redraft or dynasty that still utilizes those spots, uh, I'm rostering multiple kickers and defenses in those leagues where I've locked into the playoffs Um, one to deny other teams, good defenses with good schedules in those weeks, uh, 14 through 16. And then two, because of COVID, we don't know what games are going to get canceled potentially over the next few weeks. So I would I would could strongly consider rostering multiple of those positions depending on your roster needs.
2: And the yeah. defense to pick up this week, I mean, I picked him up last week to play against my Eagles. You can see the Eagles are no longer behind me this week. You know, I got a little, little Andrew yeah. Luck, a little Saquon Barkley. But Every I picked time. up Seattle last week, and now Seattle's yeah. gonna get the Giants offense that's gonna be missing. Daniel Jones, it looks like, you know, so yeah, you got to look nice. at some of those kind of things and, and, and plan that out. That's great strategy. What yeah, we Mike, are lined up for I'm today gonna...
0: is okay, so one more in there. Oh Yeah, um, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, in terms of planning, it, it is it would be a really smart move to pick up your your handcuffs at this point. Not everybody agrees with Rome with handcuffs throughout the year, but everything going on with injuries, COVID, like like Monk said, um, really smart move to pick them up. I mean, even even look at this game that we had here this Wednesday afternoon. We didn't know until the last minute whether it's J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram or the Gus boss uh, or Justice Hill. And so you got to plan for that one. And I definitely would recommend go and look at the waiver wire
1: and, and shore up your your running back situation.
2: Absolutely. So yeah, and let's...
1: speaking of Seattle, I, I think it's crucial to also look at what defenses have been doing recently, right? We know Seattle's awful. They were allowing the most fantasy points opposing wide receivers all year and then jamal adams came back healthy and they added carlos dunlap through trade and now their defense is playing much better so you know Fair keep, keep yeah. in mind what's been going on the last few weeks don't look at those season-long stats per se yeah you
2: got to take those trends and you got to go with you know who's hot because a lot of times you just throw that those first eight weeks out of the way you want what's been happening in the last four or five, six weeks. Um, the position that most people want to hear about and that position that sometimes you just need to pay up the position that a lot of times can really make or break your fantasy team. I mean, let's be honest, the running back position is what can make you that money, you know, and and that's what we want to talk about here. First. What I did was I took the weakest schedules. We're going to go over the top 10 weakest schedules for the running backs. And we're going to give you the opportunity of those are the guys you should be buying. Those are the guys that, you know, if, if your teams, if these guys are on a non-contending team, Go out there and make an offer, and that first guy is Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones gets the easiest playoff schedule there is. He has Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee. I know the Packers haven't really relied heavily on the run game, you know, and we know last year that touchdown total wasn't going to keep up. But Aaron Jones, every time I watch him, I am more and more just—I mean, I am taken back by, by how good he is. I see that you know the dynasty community in general, and we're going to talk about this later, but I mean they have him ranked outside the top 10, sometimes outside the top 12, and he's very obtainable. If Aaron Jones were getting to get a contract, I mean, you have to think that he's back up in that top five to eight category. He has the ability to move up in value. A lot of people would say, well, I don't really feel like paying, you know, a mid 21 first and a toss in for Aaron Jones to win the playoffs. But for me, I'm buying in on Aaron Jones at that price you know, at mid to late first here, because especially a late first and a throw in, because I feel like Aaron Jones with this great schedule, with the season that he's having, you know, where he's still putting up the numbers, we're saying he doesn't have that contract, but let's look at it. Aaron Jones has been underutilized at times, right? In Green Bay. There's been scenarios where we don't know where he's going to go. You know, he could go to San Francisco. And I feel like in that system, it's his value shoots up big time. I mean, those guys, we did that with Tevin Coleman. It didn't quite pan out. We do that with Aaron Jones. I feel like he goes in the right scenario. We're looking at not only is he going to potentially win you the championship this year, but next year his value could increase. Guys, what do you think of Aaron Jones?
0: Yeah, I like that move. I mean, look at his playoff schedule at Detroit, who is literally bottom of the league um, for fantasy points to running backs. They got Carolina 22nd and then Tennessee 30th in the league. So all, all three bottom of the barrel defenses. We we know that his spike he, his value could spike significantly, but even if he does leave Green Bay, he could end up in a good situation. I mean, the touchdowns are down this year, and you know Mr. Rogers is throwing at the one a lot more yeah. more so. But I like I do like the Jones move in terms of being able to buy below his potential value.
2: And I know it doesn't come across as a, a sexy type move to buy Aaron Jones, but I feel like compared to the other guys, those top end RB ones he's going to give you the most bang for your buck, you know, out of these guys that have this, this potential schedule, Aaron Jones could be a league winner. Mung, I know you're not in the past, not having been huge on Aaron Jones and we've talked a lot about contracts. Where does he fall for you?
1: Yeah, there's some concern in, in terms of his long-term value, but as you guys have said, the, the playoff schedule and the fantasy playoffs is great for him. I wouldn't be too concerned about Jamal Williams stealing touches. We saw him get a ton of work against Chicago, but that was turning into a blowout by, you know, midway through the third quarter. So uh, again, the workload isn't necessarily at the elite level that you'd like to see for Aaron Jones. But at the same time, he's proven that he struggled to stay healthy when he does get those big workloads. So I think the balance kind of works out for him. So yeah, he's absolutely somebody I would be targeting if you're a contender right now.
2: And I'm glad you brought up Jamal Williams because that's a guy to get thrown in. As a Taunton yep. in some of these deals now, Jamal Williams, yep, two years go. ago, fantasy playoffs, won me a di- an Empire League, you know, over a thousand dollar pot because he got the chance to start in week 15 and 16. And he put up over 20 points in back to back weeks. If given the keys to the offense, I mean, that's a guy that could catapult you up there that I, I mean, you're not going to have to pay a lot for him. You could probably get Jamal Williams for a third round pick. Or you get him as just a toss in in one of these deals, you know, be like, hey, if I throw you a fourth, you add Jamal Williams in and we got this deal. Um, you know, I've been saying that a lot. Use these third, late thirds, late fours as deal sealers, you know, something to end the deal. Make sure it gets done. Be like, I'll toss you that. But throw me Jamal Williams. You don't even need him. You know, he's not going to be on your on your squad next year. And that gives you an opportunity to have both the pieces there and who knows you might even be able to flex him in a game where it looks like it could be a blowout in Detroit or, you know, if they get up big on Carolina. So great point there. Uh, the next one, everybody knows.
1: Yeah. Real Two quick. Um, Thanksgiving, real right? quick. We talked about, uh, we talked about Benny Snell and the Steelers, if they lock up a buy and, you know, there's a possibility that green Bay could still, you know, have enough playoff seating concerns where Jones continues to play. But if they feel like they can't really change much, it might be a lot more Jamal Williams on the stretch too.
2: Yeah, and I mean to be honest, I, and that's why I love talking to you guys is that wasn't really on my mind there too much. You know, I wasn't thinking about Jamal Williams, but that he won in the back of my head. He won me that championship, and he's a guy that can do that again for you. Somebody that will win you a championship. You know, after Thanksgiving, you can count on two things, right? You're going to get tired from eating too much turkey, and Derek Henry's going to go off. We all know that's going to happen. I mean, let's look at 2018, you know, weeks 14 and 15, 16. He went 52, 38, 21. He won you a championship that year. Then 2019, same thing, 28, 14, and 47. You know, Derrick Henry wins people championships, and we kind of put him on the back burner, right? Like every year it's like, I don't think I really want Derrick Henry on my roster, right? If it isn't redraft, it just doesn't seem that sexy because he's not getting those receptions. But Derrick Henry, again, is a top five running back. And now is the time where defenses are starting to get banged up. And Derrick Henry, when it gets cold out, when it's after Thanksgiving, Derrick Henry is somebody you ride into the fantasy glory land. John, do you have any Derrick Henry shares? And is that something – would you be willing to buy Derrick Henry?
0: I don't have a ton of shares. I have one or two. Um, but to your point, I mean, he's shown us time and time again when defenses are kind of – Banged up and tired at this time of the year, he just turns it on. And I mean, Mike, his—I have him as the absolute best playoff schedule of any running back. At Jacksonville, week fourteen, Detroit again, worst in the in the league. Fifteen, and then at Green Bay, just 29th in the league. So I, I would absolutely go after Derrick Henry, and he's got the contract. We know Tennessee will will kind of game plan around him in in the running game. He 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 looks like he has number of really strong years in front of them. So actually like this move right now, even slightly more than the Aaron Jones one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like Derek Henry's probably going to cost you a little bit more, you know, because I feel like everybody's caught on to what he does after Thanksgiving. Right. He just turns it on where he, he yeah, dominates and, and just beats people down. Um, again, that stiff we, arm, my, man, just... what's that? That's stiff
0: arm. It's yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The best I've ever seen right up there with like Marshawn Lynch. Yeah.
2: He's absolutely dominant. Um, Mom, is there anybody else in that backfield that's worth adding on to there? Or you, I personally do not have Derrick Henry on a single roster. You know, I'm in 15 leagues and I don't have him on a single one. And I went out today and I made some offers, you know, and I was I was offering what I thought were pretty heavy offers, you know, 21 firsts and and some players that, you know, that, that aren't necessarily all that sexy, but guys that, you know, that have a little bit of upside. Um, What would you be willing to pay for Derrick Henry as far as 2021 picks? And is there anybody else we should be looking for on that roster?
1: Yeah, I don't mind leveraging, you know, two, three firsts. If Derrick Henry is the final piece to a potential title run, if you feel like, you know, you have a legit strong contending team and, you know, that's for you to decide, right? You know, your league best, you know what the other teams look like, whether you're sneaking into a playoff spot or whether Uh, You're a genuine top seed. And really, if you want to pivot from guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, I wouldn't be afraid to overpay, you know, pay a first on top of these other fairly valuable running backs. If it means a a legitimate title shot.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can get picks back, but that, that glory of winning your league, that extra cash in your pocket. That's fantastic. Uh, And one of my leagues, Randy Zook, I'm going to give you a shout out here. He has Aaron Jones, he has Derrick Henry, and then he has the number three easiest schedule, which is Christian McCaffrey. We don't really need to get into Christian McCaffrey because with an easy schedule, it doesn't matter if he has a hard schedule or an easy schedule. He's a league winner. I've been telling people, we've been telling people, try to buy him on the low because he's been missing some games here. Sounds like he's good to go after the bye week here for week 14. But if he isn't, people are going to start thinking, you know what, Mike Davis really isn't, somebody I need on my roster anymore. You might be able to buy Mike Davis for a third round pick. And we've seen that Mike Davis can be a top 10 running back. If given the opportunity in the offense, not a lot to talk about with McCaffrey, but John is, is Mike Davis something that you're, you were thinking about possibly going out there before we started here, or is that someone that you're interested
0: in? I feel like you really needed to get Mike Davis early in the season to shore up for the CMC loss so not, not a guy I'm really looking at right now to target. Um, I think with CMC coming back, we're, we're feeling good about him taking over the majority of the workload. So I wouldn't really depend on Mike Davis. In fact, I might even be looking to, to shop him a little bit if I can. Um, I will say this, though, on, to look at the other side. If Carolina is kind of feeling like out of contention here, they may not really bring CMC back much and may soften up his workload and depend on Mike Davis a little bit more. So that is the one thing I will say and worth considering on Mike Davis, but he's not really on my shopping list at the moment.
2: Yeah. The number four um, best running back schedule, and it it works out for great timing here is Ronald Jones, you know, Ronald Jones and the Tampa Bay bucks. They get Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, right off the edge of Bruce Arians saying that we need to get Ronald Jones, 20 plus carries that's something that I've been yelling. You know, I've just I, every time I see Fournette come on the field, I'm like, here we go again. You know, Rojo needs those carries. Rojo is is starting to really, you know, come around, and he's coming into his own this year. It's been a lot of feast and famine with Rojo, but you know, I'm, I'm going to go to our uh, resident Tampa Bay guy. You know, he, he's definitely you pay a lot more attention to what goes on in Tampa Bay and been high on that. I know you've been high on Brady and Evans, but are you high on Rojo for the playoffs?
1: Yeah, for sure. We're seeing that this offense has struggled at times, and you know it's hard to trust Bruce Arians or any coach for that matter, but clearly he's excited about what Jones showed against Kansas City, and he's definitely shown at this point that he's a better option than Leonard Fournette in the backfield. So I really don't see any reason why they wouldn't consider leaning on him more down the stretch here, as you said, uh, as it gets colder, as defenses get worn down. It's very possible that Jones could be a solid top 10 running back, you know, for the fantasy playoffs, if not
2: top five. Yeah. And the the days of not starting Ronald Jones, you know, I had I had a bunch of choices here where plug him in your lineup. Ronald Jones needs to be in your lineup. He's someone that, you know, given the given the right opportunity, has the opportunity to be somebody to win you a title. The fifth easiest running back schedule, and it it was really ugly this past week, is Denver. You know, Denver, they roll out there with a quarterback who hasn't played for over two years, you know, they sign him onto the practice squad. We were all running out there to get him right. We all wanted to sign him because we thought we had another situation where you get a quarterback, you can start in another, another slot, you know, at the wide receiver. And then we find out that Denver actually was trying to get one of their assistant coaches to be the quarterback. Did you guys hear about that?
0: Yeah. yeah. mainly.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. It's such a, such a crazy situation. Um, but Lindsay goes down to injury. And now Melvin Gordon is going to get Carolina, Buffalo, and the Chargers, putting him as a top five as far as strength of schedule running back. Here he's been tough to, to you know, be somebody that I'm willing to trust unless I have to. But is Melvin Gordon trustworthy for the fantasy playoffs, John?
0: First off, I was going to I was going to laugh about this after the we we sent out the Jim Mora press conference. There's this great remix out there of the best press conferences ever. And I got people talking about it. Um, In fact, the lead is Allen Iverson. You guys got to go watch this. You know, we sitting here, I'm supposed to be franchise player. We in here talking about practice. It's hysterical, but the the point I was going to make was, turns out practice is pretty important there. The Broncos situation was absolutely comical. This guy coming in off no practice whatsoever off the uh, practice squad. And, And wow yeah that that was hard to watch. I'm kind of off of Denver right now, even with the schedule. I just don't feel good about it um even you know with Melgo, they probably need to depend on him some but uh yeah i'm not I'm not really feeling too good about that situation. I've even got some of those guys on my teams, and I'm actually looking to to potentially pivot a little bit off of them
2: yeah it it it's a tough situation there with Melvin Gordon. if you could package something else with melvin gordon to possibly get a first round pick because it, it just seems to be we were having a lot of debate of that denver offense it's a tricky offense to have, to be a part of right now it just seems like there's so many things not firing properly Mung, anything else to add with melvin gordon
1: uh not a ton i mean i I don't love him for the playoffs it sounds like philip Lindsay is only going to be out a week or two it's a very minor knee sprain so we'll see about that um, you know, if Gordon does get volume down the stretch, he's an okay flex. I will say for rebuilding teams, I would buy him. He probably only costs you a second-round pick right now. And Phil Lindsey is a restricted free agent after this year, so he may or may not be back. And if not, uh, we could see a lot better from Gordon next year.
0: That I miss practice? If, 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 if a coach say I miss practice
2: and y'all hear it, then that's that. I love that. He's like, yo, if coach says I missed the practice – then then uh, you guys hear that, that that's it that i'm a franchise not a
0: game, not a game not a game not a game we're talking about
2: practice, <laughs> practice. that's what i'm talking about you know try uh, like I coach. NFL, though, Alan. yeah like yeah, i coached high school baseball for 10 years and i even coached like elementary school basketball and they still they're like yo coach it's just practice i'm like oh come on now all right the next two you know we got buffalo number six miami number seven not a lot to be excited about in either of those situations but then we get to our, our big one here. This is our banger. You know, it's the Washington football team. Get San Fran, Seattle, and Carolina. Now, today, I am wearing my vintage Mr. T, I pity the fool shirt from 1983 bought on eBay. I don't wear this much. It's got the puffy paint. You know, when you throw it in the washing machine, part of his beard comes off. You know, you don't need that. But I had to wear it tonight because I pity the fool that doesn't go all in on Antonio Gibson. You know, we did our mock draft. I took him at you know, 412. I feel like that, that ADP just keeps rising. And we're looking at a kid here who's like, he's the RB five, you know, and, and the value just is it, it's it skyrocketed after Thanksgiving for Twitter. But I feel like in the rest of your leagues, you know, I was listening to under the helmet today and they were talking about how they think his redraft ADP is going to be higher than his dynasty ADP. And he's, twenty, you know, he's going to be 24 years old or 23 years old, and the dude is balling out. I mean, when's the last time we've seen a guy as a top five running back as a rookie and we're not going gaga over him? You know, we're not saying, if this was DeAndre Swift, we'd be saying he's back into the first, early, second startup pick. Am I right? But now we're talking about Antonio Gibson, and there's a lot more opportunities to buy here. Um, From week six on, you know, he has 4.6 yards per carry, but only Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry have more fantasy points than him. That's it. He's the RB3 since week six, and no one has more touchdowns than Antonio Gibson. Our boy here, um, latest addition to the Dynasty Smash Accept crew, Dynasty Jacobian. Make sure you guys follow him. Um, he's been blowing up Twitter with polls, you know, and right after Thanksgiving, he put these out. And some of these findings are pretty interesting. So he put out Antonio Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, most people in a one quarterback league, we're looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the 101. of you said you'd rather have Gibson. Gibson versus Jonathan Taylor. 68% want Gibson, 32, Taylor. Smith versus Gibson. 56% Swift, 44% Gibson. Gibson, 80-20 over over James Robinson. Now that one, I've been buying James Robinson everywhere. I mean, I feel like he's still a good value, but 80-20 there. And the last of the rookie running backs here, Gibson 58, Dobbins 42. Are we overreacting? Are we underreacting? Are we acting right? Just right? John, help me out here. Where are you valuing Gibson in that rookie class?
0: I will say this. Like, you know, I've been talking about Gibson every week, but here's the thing. We are actually overreacting a little bit. And and here's why. I mean, I think with with Thanksgiving, everybody's watching, right? We all got our turkey and that that one oh one side with the, with the stuffing, right, Mike? You guys, that's, that's what I'm Mon's saying. His, I, I, shout out to mom. Stuff again. You know, mom got his mashed potatoes. Yep. We all
2: that's had that right. one one I
0: got rid of my cranberry sauce like we talked about, but, but look, um, everybody's watching in prime time. And so when something like that happens, the height meter goes crazy. And in fact, the opposite happened to Zeke, right? With the, the 30 yards and a fumble and in that offense, I mean, his, his, Values plummeting. I think we come back to that point, right? But but look, you you have to give Gibson some credit, man. I mean, if if like he's everything that I wanted Jonathan Taylor to be right now, right? And he what's crazy is I I look I'm looking at the stats. You get the 11 touchdowns, highest touchdown rate in the league, um, almost in every metric in the rookie class. He's up there, top three, top five. But beyond the stats, I mean, he's looking really good, and he's doing this. What's crazy, Mike? it's all on his athletic talent. I mean, he's so raw. And remember, it was no OTAs. So, you know, he, he can kind of do it all. He can, he can run between the tackles. He can beat defenders to the outside. He can break the big play. And, he, you know, he's identifying those tight creases. And he can often kind of stay alive along, long enough um, to figure out, you know, alternative move, right, if the defense initially stops the, the play. So, he, I mean, he kind of has all those intangibles. Imagine what happens if he brings in – if the football team brings in a legit QB like a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance. I mean, that offense might even have more opportunities. But I, so, um, this, I, this know, I was just going to
2: – yeah. we have actually like disagreed here for a little bit. It's like – Yeah, I just honestly, think he's – I want to represent he, the other side a little. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I'm seeing from everything you've said, you've said – Man, the guy's passing the eye test. He's doing everything that we yeah. wanted Jonathan Taylor to do, everything that we wanted Dobbins to do, everything we wanted these phenomenal rookies to do. But then we're not giving him the credit of where he should be, you yeah. know. And I, I mean, yeah. the, passing the eye test. He's on an offense yeah. that you know it, it struggles at times, and we have to anticipate that they're going to be get a better quarterback play, better offensive line. Ron Rivera is doing great things. He has a coach that is doing things to set him up for success, and I mean, Edwards Hilaire is in the perfect situation, right? And he's not putting up those numbers. James Robinson is getting the volume that we want all these guys to get, but he's not putting up the same numbers. I mean, no rookie is putting up these kind of numbers that Antonio Gibson is. So, uh, I mean, I feel like some of these polls might be a little out of control, but the value, he should be right there neck and neck with those guys. And if we did a redraft again today, it's tough not putting him in that top three. Monk? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I I guess I'll be uh, the Debbie Downer here, just a tiny bit. Um, I love Antonio Gibson's talent. I think he's, you know, sky's the limit for him long-term. We've seen that clearly he has the talent, and John Tierpoint, he's still pretty raw at the position, so, you know, we could see a meteoric rise here. But I will say that his snap count is still kind of precarious here. Now, against Washington – or, excuse me, against Dallas on Thanksgiving – they basically led that game the whole way. It was a blowout in the second half. Still only saw 65% of the snaps. The week before that was the week where Joe Burrow got hurt, and that's where they were beating Cincinnati, 53% of the snaps. Now, the two weeks prior to that, that were actually losses to the Lions and the Giants, just 38% of the snaps and just 46% of the snaps. So I don't think you're selling Gibson here, um, and certainly you're starting him regardless. You probably don't have better options, but if I may get sidetracked just a little bit, I would be holding on to J.D. McKissick because looking ahead at the schedule, they face Pittsburgh this coming week, San Francisco in week 14, and Seattle in week 15. And they're likely to be underdogs in all three of those games. So if they fall behind in those, I could still see a fair amount of snaps from McKissick here.
2: See, I'm, I'm all aboard defending the Antonio Gibson. you know, And I think some of the things that you were saying to me are actually – positive things where he's only going to get more involved in the offense right his snap counts only going to go up as he learns the position more and you know to the point of the the two games where he had less than 50% snap share he 22 and 12 fantasy points i mean that's still putting you in that the 22 he's still in that rb1 range and the other one he's in that rb2 range um it's it's just exciting you know and if you took antonio gibson in that second round if you took him i got him even in the third round you have to be excited about what's going on there and to me, right now, I would only have DeAndre Swift and Clyde Edwards-Helaire over him out of this class. And I know that might sound crazy, but I I actually traded J.K. Dobbins for him plus. And I you know I've I've made some moves where I'm believing in Gibson and I want that guy. Where what we were just talking about before, I also made a deal where I dealt Dobbins for James Robinson plus because I think James Robinson and and Gibson are the same kind of tier and they're guys that are going to help you win in the playoffs. Where we're going to have to wait a little bit for Dobbins. We're going to have to wait a little bit for Jonathan Taylor. And to me, I, I, if I'm in a win-now type team, I'm willing to make that slight move back in those tier yes yeah.
0: I, I was going to jump in too. I, so again, I mean, he's my most owned rookie. I was getting him in rookie drafts, late second, even early third. I've been pumping him all season, but I will challenge it a little bit. I think he could actually be a sell-high right now because w- one thing is – the 11 touchdowns that he's got and whatever pace he's on could are likely not sustainable, right? And um, he, I mean, he still has to work on the pass blocking and a few other things. So I absolutely love him. Super exciting, high ceiling, but I, it might be worth selling given all the hype right now. Uh, so just just kind of think it through and see if it would make sense for you to, for you to go do that. Right, okay. I have one trade that I made. I was going to throw this out there, see what you guys think. Um, I packaged Gibson and Waller in a Superflex Titan Premium. So Gibson and Waller, and I got that Kittle in a mid-first. We had the Kittle pod. What do you guys think of that one?
2: So we're so I got Waller. Kittle in a mid-first for oh, Gibson and Waller. I love that because yeah. I almost look at the mid-first and Wall. I mean, yeah, I, I love that. That I mean, if you can get Kittle in that kind of move, I think that's a great move to to increase your team, and you're gonna you're gonna love that mid-first.
0: Yeah, and I so anyway, I got so heavy on Gibson across my teams. I'm diversifying a little bit. I also moved him for what looks like it'll be the 104 or 105 in another league. So those are the kinds of moves that I'm making for Gibson right now. But again, yeah. um, I love love the guy, and I love having him on my dynasty teams.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's a great point. Is if you can make a move where, it, you know, if you're in a rebuild team and you don't believe in the talent, move him for something plus you know moving for one of these guys plus and i think that that makes you move where i was in my contenders what i was trying to do is get those points that are happening right now because i don't feel like his value no matter what he does over the last four or five weeks his value is not going to drop you know it is it is probably at a peak right now but we'll see what happens you know in the next couple weeks where i think i think he maintains this and he's a top five running back right now it's tough to replace those kind of guys and even compared to some vets here you know i'm going to throw out two that that Jacob did for us. And you tell me if you'd rather have Gibson or this veteran. We'll go with you, Mung, first. Aaron Jones or Antonio Gibson?
1: If I'm win now, it's Jones. But I could see a rebuilding team taking Gibson here. Oh, he's taking the easy way out. John? I've just
0: moved Gibson just a notch above Jones. Um, in his contract situation.
2: Yeah, we have it. At fi- Twitter has it 52% Jones, 48% Gibson. So they're believing in, in, in both of them there. And that's, that's some of your win now kind of bias. The guy that came off my wall behind me here, Miles Sanders or Antonio Gibson. And this was, this was just, this is hard.
0: You know what? I will say this. If you were considering making that move um, and you weren't sure about your playoff situation with miles sanders i would do it just to just to get back to the the playoffs uh for a second miles sanders faces new orleans the the worst defense uh for running backs arizona and dallas and i have it like it's the second worst playoff schedule so i I would actually right
2: if he gets to week 16 That's a that's a game to feast on, but those other yeah. two, that is bad. Yeah,
0: you're right. There was the first two that really brought down his overall average for the playoffs, and so, you know, do you even make it to 16 with um, New Orleans and Arizona there? So I, I think we're at a point where we should consider. If you could get Gibson plus, absolutely I'd make the
2: most. I think Gibson is what we wanted Sanders to be. I think Sanders has more talent yeah, than is. Gibson, I'm not going to lie. But that play calling in Philadelphia is so bad. I mean, in a game where you're playing against Seattle – and, wrong. And, and Miles Sanders gets three targets and we get into a situation where, you know, they're they they got third in, or first and five and they pass three times in a row when Miles Sanders is averaging over five yards per carry. The play calling in Philadelphia is ridiculous. It has been horrible all year. Miles Sanders is criminally underused in my mind, but are you taking Gibson or Sanders, Monk?
1: Yeah, I think Gibson makes sense here, um, if you're contending, as John said. And, you know, clearly the Cowboys in Week 16 could be a, a league-winning type of matchup for Sanders, but even then, given what we've seen from this Eagles offense, I don't think that's a lock.
2: No. Yeah, it's bad. All right, John, I'm going to turn it over to you here a little bit because you got a lot more in-depth. You know, running back's my thing. I want to talk about running backs all the time. But wide receivers with the best schedule, who are some guys that you are out there trying to actively buy who are some guys that have the best wide receiver schedules available that you're interested in
0: yeah well, well one i'll give um some credit here back to to mong and, and Meng, i just read your article good stuff you guys should go check it out but um the single best possible fantasy matchup right now happens to coincide with week 16 where kansas city faces atlanta at home um so tyree kill like if you were thinking about maybe like we just talked about, if you could get DK um, traded for for Tyreek straight up, maybe get something else with him right now. Given the DK hype, I would do it, and I and I agree. I have Tyreek slightly ahead of DK in my dynasty ranking. Still, um, he's got the third best overall wide receiver scheduled for the playoffs. He also has Miami and New Orleans, um, who are actually New Orleans is actually twenty first um, in in wide receiver. Um, Fantasy points allowed. So that one's good. Also, Allen Robinson, um, we saw him just come off the two touchdown game, even with a bad Bears offense. They they need him. They love him in the red zone. Even Trubisky's thrown to the guy. And listen to this playoff schedule Houston, 28th, at Minnesota, struggled all year, and at Jacksonville, 25th. So um, there's another guy that um, could be in a situation where he moves out of Chicago as well. And um, ended up in a much better situation. Like what if he joins up with, like what I would love to see, Mike, is joins up with Tua in Miami.
2: Oh, that would be salty. That would be, that would be, that'd be incredible. That.
0: Um, and, and look, I mean, Chicago's going to make some moves. They, they can't s- sustain what, what's going on there on the offensive side. And so that maybe they do sign him and, and build around mm-hmm. him and his talent. So I actually like the Allen Robinson playoff plus future move mm-hmm. there. And then the other one that I'll throw out there that you guys should think about that might be a little bit cheaper than those other guys are the Rams wide receivers. They have the single best wide receiver schedule for the playoffs of anyone. So Woods, Cup and Mung's boy, Josh Reynolds, maybe even consider going after those guys. So listen to this playoff schedule, New England 23rd, the Jets 26th, and then at Seattle 30th again i know jamal adams back but on the season they're still 30th in pass defense or fantasy points allowed to wide receivers so those are those are a few guys that i would throw out there on the wide receiver front
2: yeah you nailed it there i mean you know i went on fantasy pros and they have um you know they they rate all the first one to five stars three stars being medium like no difference one star being it's going to negatively affect them five stars is Get these guys going, get them in your lineup. And you nailed it with the Rams. You nailed it with the Bears. The Bengals are also in that situation, but they clearly have, you know, yeah. the problems at the quarterback position. Right. The Colts, you know, Pittman's been nice and he's been a nice little uptick there. And then the Bucs, you know, and mm-hmm. and I'm really starting to come around on Evans. Godwin's starting to look good. You know, I I take as the the leader of the Chris Godwin fan club, take a lot of heat for what, you know, it hasn't been a fantastic season for him. But right now he's a wide receiver 19. You know, if you take out the two games that he did not finish, you know, he is averaging 18 points a game and he would be the wide receiver nine. So, or, no, wide receiver seven. So he's right there, yeah. you know, when he's finishing games and he's getting things going. That Bucks offense, it looks like the playoff schedule is you want Brady, you want Rojo, you want Evans, you want Godwin. Um, before we kick it over to that, you brought up a great point. You know, Mung had a fantastic article over there at Fantrax talking about DK Metcalf and he put some polls out there. And I wanted to just hit on those and then pass it to him and let him talk a little bit more about the article because, you know, a lot of DK Metcalf is the most polarizing person on Twitter. You know, they love him. They hate him. Some people really want to hold on to the fact that they, you know, they missed on him. So they want to try to naysay. Other people are like, he can't sustain this. So Mung put out these polls and he put the first one, Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf. Are they equal or is it a preference call? 50% of people said that. 20% 20% said that they would need Hill and a second to give up Metcalf. 29% said that they would need Metcalf and a second to give up Hill, you know? So we're at a spot where to me, you know, I have Tyree Hill as my wide receiver one for dynasty rankings. I mean, I feel like with the season he's having the amount of touchdowns he's had tied to Patrick Mahomes. It's tough to do that. But DK Metcalf is right there. And the other, the other person that you put up there was Devonte Adams, you know, 38% of people say and it's an, an equal to a preference call. 28% said that they would take Adams in a second to get Metcalf. 33% said it would take Metcalf in a second to get Adams. So it's very torn. Is this the finding that you found in your article, Mung? Or lead us through what you were looking into a little bit.
1: Yeah, really. So in my article, which you guys can find on Fantrax, I was looking more at, the playoff matchups for this year only, right? Because obviously DK Metcalf's 22, Tyreek Hill's 26, and Devontae Adams 27. So you're getting that four or five years of youth if you trade for Metcalf right now. However, if a rebuilding team in your league has Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams, then it's very possible that you could then trade them DK Metcalf for Adams or Hill plus a second. And the reason is, you know, as you've already mentioned, Tyreek Hill has an amazing fantasy playoff schedule. And listen to this for Devontae Adams. This week he gets the Eagles, then the Lions, the Panthers, and the Titans. None of those defenses scare you. And again, you know, we're the, the main focus that I wanted to hit on in that article was that, yes, you might lose four or five years of youth if you trade away Metcalf for Hill or Adams. But at the same time, Winning championships is more important than winning trades. I've had teams, I have a team this year where I started the year with Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, uh, DeMonte Adams, and George Kittle. That looks like a title winner, and then you get massive injuries to the two wide receivers early on, and then I lost Barkley and Kittle. So nothing's guaranteed here. If you have a shot at a title, I think you take that right now.
0: 100% agree with that. Love it.
1: Mike, I think
2: you're muted. Never, I never mute myself. I was like that's time I had to. No, DK Metcalf gets himself the toughest schedule possible, right? I mean, he has Washington in Week 15, the Rams in Week 16, and those are the two toughest teams when it comes to, you know, wide receivers production. Yeah, so, Mike, uh, I I wanted to throw in there. I mean, here's the, here is one of
0: the knocks on DK. He can't actually be taken out of the game, and we've yeah. seen it a couple times this season. Guess who? One of those teams was, the Rams and Jalen Ramsey. You can bracket the guy, and and he just disappeared. So um, definitely consider that. Devontae
2: Adams does not disappear. I mean, Devontae Adams, since week eight last year, has been that wide receiver one in Dynasty you know, it's not even a a question. If he's on the field, he is the best wide receiver. So that's a great point where if you can get Metcalf and a, you know, you can get Adams in a second for Metcalf and you're in in a win. Now you do that. If you get Tyreek Hill, those are great points, guys. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that smash is all about trying to point those little things out that you you might not have looked into. You might've said now DK is going to be 23 by the end of the week. You know, a lot of people still try to Still so say it's you know it's 22. He turned in 23. Those other guys, but that is a big difference when you talk about those years of production. But if you don't win the title this year, does it really matter next year? You know, you just you, values are great, sexy rosters are great, winning trades is great, but it's about winning those championships. So great stuff, Mung. If you guys haven't checked that out, go over to Fan Tracks, check out his article. Really good stuff. Anything else on the wide receiver position before we jump into quarterbacks here?
1: if uh, if I could backtrack just a tiny, tiny bit, I know we're short on time, so I'll keep it quick um, with running backs. I wanted to mention Miles Gaskin and David Montgomery. Uh, yeah. Gaskin was a workhorse when he was healthy. He might be back this week. And you know, nothing the Dolphins have shown us suggests that he won't get his starting job back. So I think he's a buy. I mentioned him in my article as well. Um, and then David Montgomery, look at his playoff schedule here. They get Detroit this week, Houston. Minnesota and Jacksonville in the fantasy playoffs I mean the Chicago offense hasn't looked great and we don't even know who the starting quarterback's going to be right now but the volume's there for Montgomery and that makes him a decent volume-based RB2 yeah
2: no that's, that's a good point and I feel like I mean could you get to Montgomery for an early second right now I mean I feel like he's not even going to cost you a first he might be some kind of second and a toss in and and kind of get things there. And miles Gaskin, same kind of thing. I mean, he's, he looked really good while he played. So those are, those are great points. The quarterback position is really dicey right now. Maybe you lost Joe burrow. Um, You know, maybe you you're in a situation where, you know, you're not quite sure who to start as your QB two. the guy that I was buying everywhere that I'm just, I'm hurt bad by was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had the easiest playoff schedule and he's been putting Brutal. up points. You know, he he was there yeah. where I was trading back and I was getting Daniel Jones in those insulated trades where I was getting Daniel Jones plus and that was a guy that I was trying to bank on there for uh for that playoff run because he gets Seattle and he gets some really good matchups. But that obviously didn't pan out. Tom Brady is the only other guy in the league that gets that five-star, you know, for plus matchups. If you're a contender, What are we willing to pay for Tom Brady right now? I mean, Tom Brady gets a absolutely cush schedule in a super flex on a contender. What are you guys willing to pay?
1: Uh, I mean, he'll probably cost you a first, but I would go as high as a first and a second, a first and a couple seconds. I mean, again, you know, you might be losing value there because he could retire after next year. But at the same time, you know, if, if you win that title this year, how much does that really sting? I mean, let's look at it. week eight or week week 14, he gets the eighth easiest team against Minnesota. Week
2: 15, he gets Atlanta, which we know they give up the most points to quarterbacks. And then week 16 is Detroit, which is, you know, 22nd, but still not a, a, a situation where you're scared, where I'm, a, I'm with you. I mean, it might sound like a lot. You definitely throw out that first and try to do it that way, you know, try to get him for a first round pick. But a first and a second, a first and two seconds, if he's on somebody who's not a contender's Go get him now, you know, and you're still going to get some production out of him next year. And he's a guy that's going to win you a title. Who are some guys that you are interested in picking up here at the quarterback position, given their schedule to go win you a championship, John?
0: Yeah, so, well, we've been talking and hyping one guy, but uh, Herbert, again, um, and this guy is getting more and more expensive, so it's not exactly the best buy right now, but you just mentioned Atlanta. Herbert has Atlanta in week 14 and in, in what will be a pivotal uh, playoff week for a lot of teams. And he's got Las Vegas and Denver after that. So this is a this is an obvious one, right? because he helps you now and he helps you into the future. So I mean to to monk's point, we're in a situation where it might be slightly overpaying there. And remember he's got Austin Eckler back and they're you know they're they're figuring things out there, but I, I really like that one. Well, there's we, a situation,
2: yeah. if I can cut you off here real quick, because yeah. Jacob, you know, Dynasty Jacobians put out a poll that I loved. He put, what would you have to pay on top of Justin Herbert for Kyler Murray or vice versa? You know, try to go in that situation. And the resounding, you know, results of that poll was it's a first round pick between Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. So this is like last year I was screaming it from the rooftops, trade Lamar Jackson, get Kyler Murray in a first. If you did that, you now have a first-round pick and Kyler Murray who's worth more than Lamar Jackson. Am I crazy to think that there's a situation where you do that this year, you get Justin Herbert in the first for Kyler Murray right now. Justin Herbert potentially could be in that same kind of area next year and you get a first-round pick. And you're likely going to get a championship because you're talking about Herbert has that great schedule Kyler's looked a little bit rough since he banged up the shoulder. New England killed him to nine points. He gets the Rams, the Giants, and the Eagles all three here in the next couple matchups that are all top ten against the quarterback.
0: No, nah, you're crazy, Dad. You're crazy. I know. I love Herbert, but, yeah, the Kyler thing, man, I couldn't do it. Couldn't I couldn't do, do, do that. No. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to make that move right now. I'm, I'm going to keep my faith in Kyler. But Herbert, I mean, I think he's up there, and I, get, I totally get your point. This time next year, what does, he, what does it look like there? Um, from all the tape I've watched on Herbert, though, and once the NFL has a chance to, to game plan around that offense a little bit more and, and grinds tape in the offseason, he might come back down to earth a little bit. You know, again, love the guy. I think again, I just made the, the call. I mean, maybe go we'll make a move for him, but not at the expense of moving a guy like Kyler, in my opinion.
2: I'm just into those insulated trades. They always work out for me, you know, for the most part. And then
1: you can, right on. who
2: knows where that pick, you know, you, depending on what that first round pick looks like, you, you know, you get that that two for one. I get a little excited, sorry.
1: I don't uh, I don't think that's crazy, to be honest. I mean, oh. to, your point, to your point, since the shoulder injury, we didn't see Kyler Murray rush much against New England. And part yeah. of that was they contained him as well. Um, but it is a little bit concerning. We don't know, you know, how the shoulder is, right? Because so much of his production and fantasy did come from the yards and the touchdowns on the ground. And then also looking at week 16, they play the Niners, which their defense looks revitalized with getting some guys back from injuries. So that's a move I would, I'd at least be open to considering.
2: Yeah, we're talking a mid first. I mean, you, you know, you go and you get you get Justin Herbert and maybe. You're know you in a position where you can move up and get chased a little bit or you get some guys in there. So it's an exciting exciting class and exciting movement. But who are some other guys there that you guys are looking to? I know I cut you off, John, but who's another guy that you're interested in possibly Um, picking up?
0: Well, you know, here's a couple other ones I'll throw in there. We've talked already about the Rams situation. We talked about this guy in a couple weeks. I think you could get Goff pretty cheap because he's just coming off of kind of a rough game. But again, New England, the Jets, and Seattle in Week 16 – so that's one to think about. Maybe you get him for like a late second. I, I don't know. I mean, his, his value is on the decline, but I think that the Rams could be strong in those weeks down the stretch. And then another one, man, this guy's value has been sinking pretty steadily. Uh, and, and that's just Lamar Jackson. And maybe there's some 1QB listeners out there too. Lamar Jackson's playoff schedule at Cleveland, 20th, Jacksonville at home, 28th, and then the Giants at 17. Yeah. So he's actually got one of the best uh, QB playoff schedules. I mean, could you buy Lamar Jackson on the cheap? Does he bounce back? Um, and, and do they improve that Ravens offense next year? I think for freaking sure they will. They're going to figure that out. Our boy J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be at the helm too. So I'm, I'm actually bullish on, on the Ravens next year. So think about that one as well. Just throwing some ideas out there.
2: I love the Lamar Jackson talk and you and I talked about it and I sent you a, a, te- a trade text today, you know, where I'm trying to, I'm on a contender and I lost Joe Burrow and I'm offered Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd. for there, Lamar there Jackson. You you know, if there you can you take a move like that, we talked about it last week on the podcast. If you guys didn't listen to that um, talking about Joe Burrow trades, if you can get one of those top seven quarterbacks and use Joe Burrow as the capital to go do it, that's something that you need to do right now. That's something if you're in it, you know ready for that title run because you look at week 15 to get you to the championship jacksonville is a tasty treat you know he's a guy that i think could win you a fantasy championship and you're not going to regret it because he definitely bounces back among a couple guys there that you might be interested in
1: yeah so uh the problem i've run into in some of my leagues is a lot of these quarterback options who are even decent you know they're on playoff teams, right? Yeah. They're on teams that are in contention because they have been good. And if not, you know, guys like Herbert, they're expensive to acquire. Sometimes, you know, there are probably a lot of GMs out there who have Herbert who won't pay a first on top for Kyler. Um, so if look, if you want to roll the dice, right? Uh Baker Mayfield, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been great this year. He hasn't even been good, but You know, he He hasn't been good. Yeah. Look, he he gets Baltimore in week 14. So, so this is only if you have, you know, a a one or two seed and if you got a a buy in that week 14, right? But week 15, Baker Mayfield gets the Giants. And week 16, he gets the Jets. So, if you're desperate, if you need that quarterback help, you can probably get him for a lot cheaper than a Herbert or a Lamar Jackson. And then the other guy, again, kind of, you know, kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here. But, you know, he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. But Jimmy Garoppolo could be back from that high ankle sprain at some point in the next few weeks. Um, He gets Dallas and Arizona in weeks 15 and 16. So, again, that's a risk-reward buy, but he's going to be cheap. So, you know, you don't have a whole lot to lose, but some upside there.
2: Might even get Kittle back. Kittle was talking about he's he's ahead of schedule. Wow. To try to rush back Thank from you. a team perspective. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, what about Carson Wentz? You know, like it's just been ugly to watch. But he gets Arizona and Dallas. I don't want anything to do with it. But I mean, he yeah. did just put up 25 against Seattle. He gets a couple nice options there. That's one where you could definitely buy on the cheap. But I'm not feeling comfortable putting him out there.
0: Yeah, I'm on the fence there, Mike. And I mean, and it looks like you may get Zach Gertz back and they really do need to figure things out. And I'm not too worried about Hertz yet. I think that's a lot of GM coach speak there. Um, but I wouldn't, I just wouldn't expect much. If you need that QB two, those matchups will slightly improve his value. What, yeah. So I, what I was going to throw out there a couple that you may want to consider pivoting off of though, just to, just to kind of play this out a little bit, Josh Allen, Um, I mean, if if you're going to move him for maybe Herbert here and try to make a push for the playoffs, Josh Allen has a terrible playoff schedule. He's got Pittsburgh, first of all, worst defense in the league in week 14. Ouch. And then he's actually at Denver and New England. But um, you're worried about that. Um, There's a couple other guys, too. Cousins has perhaps the worst playoff schedule at Tampa Bay, Chicago and at New Orleans. Brutal. And then Cam Newton at the Rams at Miami and, and Buffalo. So those are some guys where if you're, they're sitting on your team and you're, you're really thinking, that's going to hurt me, we we threw out a number of names you could pivot to, maybe make a couple of moves there, um, or, or try to shore up your QB situation to help offset some of those matchups.
2: Absolutely. I love it. And for me, one last one is, like, I, I'm still trying to – acquire guys on the cheap end. I'm still trying to, I mean, Taysom Hill had a rough match up there. I know he gets KC week 15, which is going to be a shootout. Week 16 gets Minnesota. I made an offer where I actually did what you were you were saying. I tried to trade off Josh Allen to get Justin Herbert and Taysom Hill, um, but making some moves to to try to acquire right. some of those guys. That's some great insight by both of you. Um, I appreciate it. Why don't you tell all of our listeners where they can find you guys, anything you guys have coming up this this week that you're excited about.
0: I pity the fool that doesn't listen to this podcast. I love it when a plan comes together, right, Mike? Now, this has been another fun pod. Um, again, John, you can find me at Dynasty underscore trades and would love, you know, chopping it up with you guys. Send me some DMs. Let's talk playoffs. So, yeah. And Monk?
1: Yeah, you guys can always find me on Twitter. All three of us are super active, so one of us will probably get back to you. Uh, I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And uh, you can find my weekly articles over at Fantrax.com. We talked about DK Metcalf potentially pivoting off him and some other great buys and sells to consider.
2: And you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. We promise that our podcast is going to be a lot more exciting than a mid-afternoon Wednesday football game. You know, hopefully we never have to (laughs) endure another one of those. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.